Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. the horizon the official podcast of the horizon league your number one source for all the league's top headlines here's your host justin kinner final week of the regular season officially upon us i don't understand how but uh, that's where we're at conference tournaments coming up just around the corner the big dance just around the corner uh, but before we can get to those dances and tournaments of course we have to wrap up the regular season and a lot on the line heading into the final weekend uh especially on the men's basketball side of things and uh, to, uh joining us now to help kind of clear up some of that especially with cleveland state being in the mix we have the voice of the vikings al Pulowski hanging out with us al it's been a while sir how are you hey good justin Absolutely. Look, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, th- you know, I know I, I can't be biased on this podcast, but if I, if you would have told me coming into this season that the Vikings would be competing for the regular season title in the last week of the regular season, I would have said, "Oh, come on, Al." I, I mean, I know you're the voice of the Vikings, but you're, you're that's a that's silly. Uh, that's silly talk right there. But that's what's happening, and what uh, what will be a bow on a fantastic regular season for the conference? Cleveland State has a shot here. It's been a pretty fun season. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, you know. Cleveland State was picked to finish seventh in the preseason rankings. Obviously, they have they've defined that. They've been in the top three or four all season long. They've you know been in the top one or two for most of the season. And here we are headed in the last weekend. And uh, Cleveland State is a uh, half game out going into going into the Green Bay slash Milwaukee series this weekend. So yeah, it's been a good season. Looking like twenty wins, you know, is is probably going to happen. It's obviously Cleveland State still got to win two more, but. Yeah, this has been a fun team to cover. It's been a fun team to follow. And, uh, boy, what a first year for Danielle Robinson. That's uh, just where I was about to head with this conversation. Look, Dennis Gates, I mean, I, I mean, words can't explain the great job that he did during his time with the Vikings. Uh, and it's always tough to replace a coach like Dennis Gates, but it just shows you uh, – you know, it just shows you how impressive of a job Dennis Gates did during his time here because he got the program back on stable ground to allow Coach Robinson to come in and, and obviously do – I'm not saying it's all on Coach Gates, but Robinson's been able to come in and keep uh, that momentum going, which could be very difficult. I mean, uh, you obviously have been following the whole season with Coach Robinson, but what is it about him that was able to take over for Coach Gates and just keep this thing rolling uh, and really just surprising everyone all season? He's got some similarities to Coach Gates. Uh, his coaching style is is similar. I mean, they're still different coaches, but at the end of the day, they're a, a lot of you know all their all their good traits are are, are very similar. Um, coach Robinson's a good you know players coach. Yet he knows when he needs to be stern. The players listen to him, um, so he's not a guy that's going to be yelling and screaming all the time, which I think has really gone out of vogue in coaching to, to constantly be be yelling. You know, might have worked for Bobby Knight. 40 years ago, but it just doesn't work anymore. So he's like that. Dennis Gates is like that. And then, you know, they still, when, they're, when, they're, when there's a time to be upset, they can get upset in a constructive sort of way so that the guys are paying attention to them. Um, so that's, that, that's a big similarity there. Also, they're both very similar uh, using the portal and, and understanding transfers and the junior college circuit. There's some coaches that just aren't strong at that, and we're seeing that the ones that aren't are, are being left behind. You know, you've got to understand the portal. You've 
you've got to use it to your advantage in the transfer situation. And if you don't, you're going to struggle. Um, I think both Dennis Gates did a fantastic job at that. You look at some of the best players that he brought in at Cleveland State that then went with them to Missouri, like Demoy Hodge and Trago Million. Those kids were transfers. Um, same thing with Daniel Robinson. Look who he's brought in. Tristan Anaruna, who I think is, is one of the best players in the Horizon League, maybe the best all-around player in the Horizon League that just doesn't get the sort of love that he deserves, but he does so many things so well. Drew Louder is another transfer. Tay Williams. So that's the key now in college basketball with the way that um, you're allowed so much movement. You can make your first transfer, not even have to sit out a year. You've got to understand how the transfer portal works, and that's something that, that Coach Gates and Coach Robinson have both excelled at. And, and no, you bring up a, a great point. I mean, we talk so much about how conferences like the Horizon League, how how bad the transfer portal is for conferences like the Horizon League, but yet we're seeing so many examples of how the portal has benefited uh, the Horizon League. I think it's a double-edged sword, obviously, when it comes to the portal in a conference like the Horizon League, but you bring up a great point. Uh, the coaches who know how to utilize the portal uh, and take advantage of it and maximize it, obviously that's a, a clear example of what the Vikings have been able to do in Coach Robinson's first year here. Uh, Al, I am curious, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, you know, again, Coach Robinson taking over, um, replacing Dennis Gates, and they start out 0-3. How how long did it take for you to to really start buying into this team as far as being a contender in the conference? Because, again, starting out 0-3, then they go on that six-game win streak, and they really start to kind of get it rolling, and they drop a couple in the conference portion again. Uh, when did you start really buying into, oh, man, this team, actually, we, we have something here? Well, I, I like Coach Robinson from, from the get-go when I met him. I thought that he had a, a great demeanor. I thought he had a good idea of how to coach college basketball as a head coach. He's had experience. He's had good relationships. Uh, if you talk to people that have worked with him in the past, they all have great things to say about him. So I felt pretty good about him eventually. But, but where is you know where is he eventually as far as winning goes? And then you look at the, you know, the first game of the season, they lose to Division II Notre Dame College. But... Dennis Gates lost his first game. It was an exhibition game, but he lost to Notre Dame College, a Division II school. And, of course, Dennis Gates went on to great things. Um, at the time, we, you know, it was only half-jokingly we said, well, Dennis Gates lost his first game to Notre Dame College. Maybe Daniel Robinson's going to follow that same track. Actually, Daniel Robinson has, has been on a faster track than what Dennis Gates was because, you know, as much success as Coach Gates had, that first year, as with a lot of first-year coaches, it's a struggle. They only won 10 games. This year, in Coach Robinson's first year, he's won 18 games. You know, he should get to 20. Um, but as far as when exactly it kicked in, I, you know, I, during that six-game winning streak, they were all Division One games. There, there's a lot of teams that load up in November and December now with non-D1s. And, you know, I, I don't understand that. I, I don't see how that, how that benefits anything other than padding your one-loss record. But those – Wins and losses don't do anything for you as far as the net ratings go. So, you know, Coach Robinson had the first game against Notre Dame College, and then he had a bunch of games against Division Ones. And when Cleveland State lost at UC, they were in the game. And it's like, okay, this is not an easy place to play. I know UC isn't having their best year, but they've got a lot of talent. Cleveland State was right there. Then they lost at OU. That's a place they always struggle. Then they won an overtime at Canisius. When they won that overtime game, that was their first win. And they they went to one and three. I thought, you know what? I think I can see it now. I think they've turned the corner, and certainly they did because then they want five more. And then before you know it, it was six in a row, and they were six and three. So it was during that time, 
And then also when they played Detroit Mercy and Oakland back in December, and they really handled both of those teams. I mean, they won both games by 15, 16 points, and it wasn't even that close. Hmm. Then it's like, all right, they they should be one of the better teams in the Horizon League, and they definitely have been. You look at teams one through eight uh, in the conference right now, all at 500 in conference play. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, of course, the team that had expectations. I mean, they were the preseason favorites tied with NKU coming in. They've struggled. They're 8-10 and 10 in Horizon League play, but again, they've proven that they can beat anyone in the conference. They've also proven they could lose to anyone, but to be fair, I think that's a moniker you could really place on all of these teams. I mean, I just watched Robert Morris take care of Youngstown State, who's uh, you know obviously ahead of Cleveland State in the, in the standings right now, of course. Um, but uh, you're overall, you've done this for a while. You're overall takeaway of the league. I've only done this for about seven years now. I can't remember a season in my time covering the league that has been this competitive, that has been this deep and consistent uh it's just this is probably my favorite season i've covered since starting this yeah there's certainly a lot of parody um you know i think there is some separation in groups if you look at the top four teams you know maybe even the top three milwaukee has, has really struggled here in february compared to what they did the first three months of the season but you know if you look at at cleveland state and youngstown state and northern kentucky maybe milwaukee's in that group that's definitely what you would call the top tier Next year would be that, that group that's all within a game of one another, which which is the next uh, what five teams? You know, if you you know maybe Milwaukee if you include six, and then there's Green Bay and IUPUI who are clearly you know on the on the bottom half and haven't been competitive this year at all. But the the one thing this year doesn't have they don't have a super team or a couple of super teams like when Butler was in the league or Valparaiso, uh, Cleveland State was right there with those teams for some years. Then you always had somebody else, like a right state that was that was really you know top tier as well. So you've got a group of I would say you know three or four teams that are very good basketball teams. They're not elite by any stretch, but they're very good basketball teams. Then you got the next group that is you know instead of of decent college basketball teams. Um, that's where the groups are bigger. Where in the past, you know when you had the, the you know, the Butlers and when Cleveland State was right there with them, like in 2009 when they both went um, to the NCAA tournament, that's when you had, you know, those teams that you could look at and say, okay, we can go to the NCAA tournament, win some games here. You know, can anybody in this group that's at the top now? I, I think so. I think there's a possibility. But that's that's to me is the main difference, that you've got more competitive teams, one through nine, let's say, than you had in the past. But the very top of the league, you don't have those those elite mid-majors that you've had in the past. Make sense? Absolutely. Uh, like, what's the team that, as far as matchups-wise with Cleveland State, uh, you know, what's that, that, that team that just matches up well? I mean, you mentioned Milwaukee a little bit ago. I live here in Dayton, so I've watched Wright State, you know, get pummeled by multiple teams, and then they'll surprise you, and they'll go, and they'll – I mean, they beat NKU, uh, handled them uh, pretty well last week on ESPNU, and then the week before, uh, you know, they took care of Milwaukee, but then they'll go and they'll lose to teams at the bottom. So uh, it's just all matchup-based. What's that matchup for Cleveland State that you're like, okay, that matchup suits them a lot better uh, in the tournament in the first round than maybe another team? Yeah, honestly – I mean, there's nobody that stands out that I that I really want Cleveland State to play. That's the other thing with all this parity. There's there's teams that are dangerous for different reasons. You know, I look at who who Cleveland State could possibly play if they were one or two, and that's Purdue, Fort Wayne, or Detroit Mercy. Well, I don't want to play Purdue, Fort Wayne because 
they're a dangerous team, even though they, they don't have the greatest record this year and they've fallen below expectations. But they've got a you know a very high-powered offense. It's very tough to beat a team three times. And Cleveland State and Purdue Fort Wayne always play close games. Um, I don't want to play Detroit Mercy because you know Antoine Davis is chasing the scoring record and you, you just don't want to deal with that. Um, in, in the middle of the group, you know, right, Cleveland State's beaten right State twice. It, it'd be hard to beat them a third time. Um, they've split with Oakland. Um, they, they, they beat them convincingly at home. They should have beaten them on the road. They didn't. Maybe, maybe Oakland actually might be a good matchup in Cleveland uh, for the Vikings. Um, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the group that they're going to play. Crazy as it sounds, I'd almost rather see them play Milwaukee in Cleveland. Uh, I think they get them the next time. It's not going to be easy this weekend because you've got to play them up there. But I would think Milwaukee would be maybe in some ways a little bit better matchup for the Vikings than some of these other teams. Uh, and Robert Morris right now, they're the other one that's in the group. They're hot. I mean, in Cleveland State's beating them twice. And Robert Morris is playing the best basketball they have all season. So there is no matchup that I'm looking at saying, yeah, I'd like Cleveland State to play this team. It's, it's funny, but maybe the teams that are more toward the top, I'd rather see than some of the ones that are toward the bottom because – you know, obviously outside of IUPUI and Green Bay, but above that, those two, I mean, those teams are dangerous that are right above them. Uh, last thing on the way out, uh, Alan, again, I appreciate your time today. Uh, reach the Horizon official podcast of the Horizon League. Uh, you know, I think that Coach Calhoun at Youngstown State's done a phenomenal job all season, uh, but you, you can't you ignore what's happening with Cleveland State for all the reasons we've talked about over the last 10, 15 minutes. Daniel Robinson, is he, is he the coach of the year? Is he your coach of the year? I mean, what he's been able to do with coming in in his first year, and, you know, Jerry Calhoun's done a great job at Youngstown State. This is the best Youngstown State basketball team they've ever had. Mm-hmm. That being said, he's had time to build a program. I mean, Daniel Robinson came in, and he had five kids return. He had a, you know, number one, you got to recruit those kids that are already here. Then you've got to go out and fill out the team, and you've got you've to find those players that are going to fit in. And to do that and still be competitive in your first year, and I know, again, the Horizon League is not what it was when, when Butler was here and Valpo was here. I get it. But there's still some, some teams that are dangerous, very dangerous in the Horizon League, and it's a very parity-driven sort of league right now. So to do what Daniel Robinson has done, and, and as good of a job as Gerald, Jerry Calhoun has done, and this is to take nothing away from him, but I think Daniel Robinson's job was, was the toughest in the Horizon League to be where he is, outside of you know IUPUI or Green Bay, but they're at the bottom, so we're not looking at those teams. But as far as the teams that are competitive, you know, I'm... All right, well, good stuff. Al Pulowski, again, voice of the Cleveland State Vikings, awesome enough to take some time and hang out with us this week ahead of the final couple games for the Vikings of the regular season, conference tournament coming up, uh, and then uh, the big dance, March Madness, coming up all around the corner as well. Al, I'm pretty sure this is this your favorite time of year again as we head into March and then obviously spring training and guardian season coming up. But this has to be your favorite time of year, right? Yeah, it's certainly one of them. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, when, when you have a college basketball team that's in the hunt to, to, to play in March Madness, that's something pretty special. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the way this Well, good stuff. Al, thanks so much, sir. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you.